Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. Every time you go to MedterraCBD.com to find all of your favorite CBD products, whether it be the CBD melatonin, help you sleep and feel better first thing in the morning, or you got those aches and pains from uh, busting out uh, a few laps here and there at the motocross track with their cooling cream, uh, you want to feel better doing that, save 15% with Big MX Radio 15 upon checkout every single purchase. I'm your host, Brad Gephardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, episode 714, that's James Stewart and Cole Seeley back-to-back in uh, this particular episode. Unfortunately, neither one of those guys is on, but a guy that I've chatted with a number of times uh, at the races, even more times on social media when we give each other shit on pretty much a weekly basis. He is a a master fabricator, world-class welder, and uh, very well-known in the motorcycle community. It's uh, Jesse James from Troy Lee Designs. Jesse, how's it going? It is going so amazing, but I really think that uh, you have me. Sorry, this point this is the listeners. wrong, the wrong Jesse James. This is completely. This is not the Pope of Welding. This is Fuck, the this one. This happens a lot. The only Jesse James. The, the one, the Sorry, one and only Jesse James. Listener. You're probably you're taller. I think he might have you beat on the beard. Although you do have a strong beard game, and uh, um, I'd be willing to bet that you you probably have more music knowledge than he does. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm pumped to talk to you all the same. Well, you know, uh, crazy one of my really good friends, uh, Johnny Rockwell, which I'm actually going to his wedding tomorrow. I love, her. Uh, I love He actually Johnny. used to weld for Jesse James back when they were in Long Beach and everything. I love that. Uh, I mean, hey, we might not uh, agree with what he did with Sandra Bullock and that whole situation. Right. But uh, Jesse James. Good dude, uh, obviously master fabricator. Um, I might have, I definitely have him beat on the beard game. We might be able to battle in height, but I mean, I still, uh, I actually saw Jesse James at Austin MotoGP this year. It was actually nice. pretty sick. That is pretty sick. And, uh, and just by the fact that you are, are going to a wedding of, of Johnny, um, uh, Johnny Rockwell, who, if, People who don't know, like, I can only imagine what his wedding's going to be like. He's just going to be like, I imagine shirtless or at least sleeveless, bopping around, doing crazy stuff and making it uh, everyone's favorite wedding they've ever attended. Uh, but then on top of the fact, just going to uh, uh, at MotoGPs and stuff like that. And uh, did I also mention that you probably work for uh, one of the most iconic and um, can we just go like basically fashion forward? Uh, companies in the sport of motocross or action sports, period. Like, I've talked to Cole Seeley about this. Of course, he's been a long-time Troy Lee guy. And it's just, like, what's it like to literally have everybody beat on, like, the full kit head-to-toe week in, week out? And uh, a lot of that has uh, to do with the stuff that you bring to the races. Tell me about it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was uh, bittersweet for Cole to kind of go out a little bit, kind of show people that he was able to come back from his injury from Tampa. Um, and I mean, obviously he won a few hate heat races this year. 
Um, I think that he wanted more out of his program, but um, you know, I I'm stoked to see him ended on a on a good note, and uh, it'd be a little bit weird with him without him this year. Uh, gonna just have the team, but um, yeah, Troy is the. I mean, since I was 14 years old and really got fell in love with this. I mean, it's falling in love with motocross and it, at 14 years old for me was 1998 and there was I mean you had Doug Henry Jeff Emig yes. and of course the King having their helmets painted by Troy the Designs that the iconic signature on the side of the helmet and um, to work with along with Troy and, and uh, Troy does spell my name like he would spell Jesse's name Jesse spelled, spelled it with a Y I spelled it like an E yeah, that's good. Uh, and, I like that. But it's still, it's still, it's still cool to, uh, you know, call Troy and, you know, you have a, you know, Troy gets a, you know, gets a little, he gets real, little passionate. Some oh yeah. And, gets uh, all kind of Some would say excited. a little fun up or whatever. Yeah. But when I get to say, hey, Troy, Jeff and James got it. I got this. And, uh, it, it calms him down. It, it is kind of a cool feeling. It makes the 14 year old kid in my head pretty uh pretty stoked no kidding like uh um the when i, when I just sort of like on the, on the outside looking in I, I see a guy who's just you are a motocross nerd you might be more of an enthusiast than i am at, at, at certain points uh you love this sport you you like anyone who works within the sport you have to it's a passion driven sport both like participating in it especially working in it because there's, there's a lot of long hours it's a lot there's a lot of hoops to jump through uh bullshit to deal with you deal with all of it you do it in a fantastic way and yeah the 14 year old you like just like hoping to like save up enough shekels so that you can buy a troy lee helmet uh much less ever imagine uh working with and for the guy and, and just uh seeing some of those ideas sort of come to life like the things that he's gonna pull off this weekend with uh, with straight rhythm like i feel like uh year after year event after event doesn't matter what it is everyone sort of clamors to be like all right we're gonna come up with something that like blows everybody else out of the water including troy lee and then troy lee's like hey i'm still five years ahead of you guys what's up <laughs> next try. i mean uh yeah exactly i mean I always say to people, you know, like a people who are like, oh, like, I like always like to say that we have, uh, frenemies within things, you know, people are, uh, very passionate about where they work for, you know, or who they work for, I should say. And like, uh, I mean, all Tanner and, uh, and Clay at Fox, we've traveled a bunch together. Uh, Andy at Thor, like these guys, they, I mean, this, they're, they're just as passionate as I am. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's fun to work around people who are stoked about it. Um, the 14 year old league maybe doesn't understand that, like, maybe I shouldn't have just, maybe I should have stayed in college and, or, or went to college or got a trade and maybe made a little bit more money. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's really, it's really a cool opportunity to work around like-minded people who, who want to get a, you know, want to get a job done and being a small part, uh, small spoken wheel of being part of a writer's program or something like that is, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, I was able, I was very fortunate to 
work for Alpine Stars to impress the guys over at TLD. So when the opportunity came up um, to not drive the Alpine Stars support vehicle around the country and fly in and out of That's the a race, hard job. Okay, let's talk. Like, we need that to was, like, we'll that get into tough. that. And, Dude. yeah, shout out to all of these guys. My buddy uh, Derek, one, Jeff I Meaner. think he's listening. Derek might be listening, uh, but uh, Jeff Weiner gave me an opportunity, um, and I and I did that. And um, you know, there's been a lot of other guys who who've done it as well. But that was that was a cool thing to be able to be a part of, uh, like a lot of different guys' programs, and just kind of show them, just like I'm not here as a fan. I'm here to just help you guys out, do provide the best racing that you guys can do for yourselves personally, and and you know, I'm just I'm here to help out in any way I can, type of thing, you know. Absolutely, man. Like so like b- before we get too much into the the day to day workings of the super cool life of Jesse James, uh, let's spin the clocks back. Let's get maybe go even further back than the fourteen year old you. How do you fall in love with this sport? Um, like kinda of paint me the picture, uh, if you could, a little bit of theater of the mind for those listening at home, uh, of of how a young guy uh, falls in love with the sport. Uh, I believe you're, you're original. Are you from Australia, or you're like your parents are Australian? That's why you know. How, how does that oh, work? Oh man. Okay. For the record, I am a massive fan of Australia due to my friend Joel Newton. Okay. Shout out to my buddy, who I'm actually going down to Australia. Uh, that's I'll actually be missing Monster Cup to go to Joel's wedding you're in Australia. You just get to uh, you go to every also, wedding. Like, I apparently know, have no I, friends. Know I don't I go to weddings. You, you go to you, weddings. You like, gotta, I understand, like, almost, almost to a point of, like, a wedding crasher status. But I think if somebody, if you're important enough that somebody wants you there on their, on their day, someone you've had a nice, cool conversation with and has been part of your support group, it's a big moment in their life. And, like, yeah. to be able to share that, uh, with them and them want you there and buy you there, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's not owed or anything like that, but it's like, man, if I, if I'm in town or if I can make it, then let's go. You know, yeah. why not? Totally, totally, totally. But, so, like, okay. uh, so give me the backstory like, here. Really? Why am I wrong that you're not from Australia or even are Australia? Okay. So, like, I, when I, I like to mess around with people and I'm a big fan of Jim Jeffries, who oh, is an Australian dude, comedian. My if guy. you don't know him, my guy. Um, if you haven't, if you've never heard of him, look him up. Then you're look a dumb cunt. prepared to be exactly mine. Like, <laughs> and the whole Australian accent that I've developed is from watching so many Jim Jeffrey stand-ups. It happens to just really be pretty good on. Yeah, and I've been to Australia like three times now. And there's, there's a few, like, uh, Todd, uh, Todd Waters and Wilson Todd were over. Wilson Todd did a couple of rounds on the TLD team and he was like, dude, you cannot do the accent around me. Like, it's not good. And it's like a true Australian, but it helps when I've had a few drinks. But Yeah, a uh, real Aussies, like, they get insulted by it. They're like, no, that's not right. And you're just like, it's actually exactly. not that far off. Like, it, enough to the it's point where I thought you were legitimately off. from there. So, so Jonesy, yeah. my, my, um, I have I, a fan, I have fans from, from California, or not California, I have probably fans from Australia or from California, but Australia, like Jonesy's down in Australia right now, cringing and probably like breaking his iPhone in half listening to this. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. 
And as well as it sounds like I have this crazy smoker's half or hack laugh, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of got over being a little sick. But to do the little rewind and like, if you're picturing this in your mind, just think of like drunk history and this guy telling the story. So um, I was uh, my dad and my uncles uh, were very avid motorcycle riders, motocross riders, BMX riders. So I was kind of just it, two wheels. This was kind of came to me uh, in that. And uh, when I was born, my my dad was actually racing Speedway, and my dad loved Speedway. I've always wanted to try Speedway. Um, shout out to my guy Brock Nickel. Uh, we sponsor him with TLD. And he's like, dude, anytime you want to ride, like come out and try it. Just we don't, we're on a different schedule. Mm-hmm. But I, like um, I went to like this last Saturday. I went to Speedway Finals here in Southern California, which was so much fun with my dad and uh, a couple of family friends and stuff. And um, I don't know, when I was maybe about two years old or so, I got a PW50 with training wheels on it. There were no striders or, I don't know what the electric ones are called now, but there was nothing like that. Spacex. So it was like, you know, you learn a Spacex or, and, and, so you just, uh, so I had the PW and then, uh, I don't, my dad, my dad was always just kind of this guy who, he traded up on things. Uh, you know, did odd jobs for this or that. I, like when I was a little kid, I had a go kart. You know, I had, had an indie car body on it. And if I crashed into a curb and like ripped a wing off of it, my dad would like bondo it and just throw like some paint on it. So my dad was like kind of a low, like a super low budget PLD kind of guy, like with body and paint for cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's super cool. And, um, so it's kind of like, it's kind of weird, like, I, I've been trying to get my dad into Corona there to have him check out the paint shop and all that, but again, uh, schedules are off when you go to races and stuff a lot. But um, then from there, it was like uh, you know, I had a I had a YSR fifty um, little street bike thing, and I mean, it was like we never went to a track or anything. It just rolled around parking lots and drove the gar- the go kart took the trash out on the ATC and all this. And I mean, we live in Southern California too. So it wasn't like, it was just this massive hill that my dad lived on. He's like, just took the the ATC and just hooked the trash can to the back. And it was like, all right, this is cool. So, and then I just kind of do some brodies around the the front lawn. (laughs) And um, then in 98, I got a YZ or a 1984 YZ80. And it was like, I mean, this doesn't look like a bike that they have in a magazine, you know? Like, those kids' bikes are cool. Like, this bike looks stupid. It's a Yamaha, yellow. Like, I thought it was lame. <laughs> but a little did I know that, I mean, hindsight being 2020, it was cool at that, you know, at one point in time. And um, and then we started riding. And then uh, in 2000, I got a 97 YZ125. Upgrading. Things and are getting better. Yeah. Things are getting better. We we flapped, we fast forwarded at least a decade, you know. So um, and I got taller, and uh, I don't know. Motocross is still just a thing. Like 
Uh, it was kind of like a little bit of a sideshow thing, you know. It just debuted in X Games when you're in high. When I was in high school, it wasn't like a cool thing. It was like, oh, like a kid rides dirt bikes. Like it wasn't. Nowadays, it would probably be cooler. Like you had red dirt bikes, you know, chicks see everything. I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, I it just all kind of started from there. And when I was in high school, I, I remember looking through a. Uh, like class rings, like, you know, oh, I want to get a class ring or whatever. And my art teacher, his name was Mr. Carlson, and he walked up and he was like, hey, uh, I see you're looking at class rings there, Jesse. And in high school, I made a Wheaties box. Uh, the, the project was to redesign something that you think would sell better to the public. And, uh, like, I mean, at the time it was, you know, you got, King Griffey Jr. and Tiger Woods and a lot of guys in the Wheaties box and I was like, you know who deserves a Wheaties box is Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, I yes. put Jeremy McGrath doing a knack-knack on a box of Wheaties and I got an A on it and I actually gave it to Jeremy at a Chaparral fan appreciation night and like when we were rolling out of there like we kind of ran into him and he still had it and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know and, and then like you fast forward to this day, like there was an old Dirt Shark video that he did, and uh, he still has that Ouija box in his house. And I thought I just kind of think it's pretty cool. Like, no kidding, that's insane. Yeah, it's uh, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. It's a colored pencil, you know, dumb thing I did when I was sixteen or seventeen years old. And, like he still has it after almost twenty years. And I think I think it's kind of cool. You know, it's like my hero has still has something, and then. To see him, you know, come in with uh, Scotty Bell, who is at TLD, and you know, shout out to him as well. Uh, handles a lot of stuff for Troy and everybody around there. And uh, him and MC have been good homies for a long time. And just to be able to like go up and talk to Jeremy, I still just feel like I have marbles in my mouth when I'm talking to him. But uh, I get through it, hold it together, and um, yeah, uh, that, that's kind of how I. That's kind of how I fell in love with the sport, and, and uh, I just and my first job that I ever ever had was uh, I was a manager of the custodial arts at uh, Labard and Underwood in La Habra, California. Uh, or as the movie Half Baked would say, I was a janitor. If you really wanted to be a dick about it, but I also was like 16, and then it was like I need some gas money. That's where you start, man. I. I swept the parking lots, mopped the floors, vacuumed around all the bikes, and then it got busy during Christmas time. I mean, there wasn't online shopping and stuff at that time. It was like, you want some, you you want the latest and coolest, you know. At the time, Troy wasn't making. I don't know if he was making gear yet when I had that job, but I mean, if you wanted a Troy Lee Designs replica that that Showy was offering as. Doug's helmet or something, you went down there and got it, and I just jumped in behind the parts counter and started going, and this was just kind of like a moment, like, it was like, oh, fake it till you make it. You want some 927? I got you dialed, you know, like, I know how to get that, get those rolling in and out of there, so I did that, and then uh, I went to a cell phone company, and it was like the shadiest company that I ever worked for. They like bounce my paychecks and stuff to me and then have to pay me more money in turn to pay for all the bounce checks that I wrote. 
yeah, I was bouncing checks. Like, that sounds weird, too. You know, wireless banking and all that shit. Just kidding, you know, kidding and, as well. Uh, and then, uh, so, like, they'd end up paying me, I mean, it's $35 a bounce check. You know, when you went negative, it's like every single hit. So, I mean, they'd pay me almost, like, three or $400 more when they should have hit, like, they were, like, losing money by paying me, and it was like, I gotta get out of here, and then I went to, I went to Cycle Gear, which was, uh, Cycle Gear number 14 in Fullerton, California, and, uh, my buddy actually went with me and bummed the smoke off the manager who was standing outside, and he's like, yeah, my buddy's looking for a job, like, I went in, just kind of cruised around, and was like, oh, I was gonna, like, muster up the courage to maybe potentially get denied and then uh ken came over and was like hey dude uh heard you look for a job you know and then i uh i worked there for a while uh, met some of the really cool people uh todd who went on to pursue a career to go in the chp um my buddy jared who's been there too many times him and his wife kelly um been there way too many times for me and it's like I met a lot of really really good people at that job and uh, helped me shape you know kind of like the landscape of dealing with just talking to so many different people um, all the time um, you know you walk a guy walks in you don't know what he's you know you if you work at a Yamaha shop more than likely a guy's going to come in looking for you know a Yamaha part whether it's a Banshee or a 2019 YZ450 you know, he's coming there to buy a Yamaha part, but at Cycle Gear, there's such a wide variety, wide variety of riders. You dealt with people who had never ever ridden a motorcycle, and they're buying the cheapest stuff just to get themselves through the uh, DMV course or a training course, you know, or a seasoned vet um, road racing guy, you know, who's ordering slicks and expects the slicks to be mounted within 20 minutes when it's right in the middle of everybody going to Glamis. It's like, dude, like, uh, we got paddle tires on mountain right now, dude. But, uh, <coughs> like, that was, uh, that was a really good experience for me. And then, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> got to wash it down with this. Only available on the East Coast Yingling traditional vlogger. Yes. Very uh, our truck driver hauled back for me after the Ironman round. That's awesome. Last last time so we, uh, I, I thought last time I saw you, we uh, we actually shared beverages uh, after Millville. That's right, and I think we had Yingling. I think we did too, absolutely. Pretty, and we we talked I'm to Grant sure. Langston for like a, the better part of an hour and a half. Exactly, <laughs> and then just Grant's just like, oh man, I'm out, I'm out of the drink. Like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> The, the conversation was done when his beverage was finished, oddly enough. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, but after that, I went and worked for Two Brothers Racing. I was 21 years old. Nice. Uh, or actually, I was 20 years old because I actually celebrated my 21st birthday by showing up to work like two hours late and then leaving early, but just like proving a point like I made it to work the next day. But, uh, I met another really good dude. Uh, by the name of Marcus Shark, another really good dude by name of uh, Dave Cullinan. A lot of people know him as Cully. Um, those two guys.
guys, man, they, they really helped me out. Mark, Mark and I hit it off, like, right off the bat for our love of 80s rock and roll and metal and, uh, huge, avid, avid Metallica fan. Uh, we actually, we, since, the, you know, since meeting, since meeting Shark, like, we've, uh, been able to go see Metallica. We just went this last month and saw Iron Maiden, which we always said we were going to see Maiden. We finally made that concert. Dude, they're so good uh, live. They're amazing live. Top, they're, top they're three bands I've seen technically. live, and I wish I would have seen them when they were like in their prime, but I'm like just as fine to see them. I've seen them three different times. They're good. Uh, I've only seen them, I, I, this is the only time I was able to see them, and... Um, Dude, like, what an absolutely amazing show. And, like, and my buddy Brian Holt, who gives me rides to the track all the time, uh, when I'm able to get to the track and go riding. Uh, shout out to the Moonshine Ranch boys, if they do listen. Um, they, uh, he was like, dude, they have the same sound that they had back in the 80s. You know, it's just they're not. <coughs> <coughs> They have the same sounds they had back in the eighties. Just that yeah. they're not as energetic, you know. So Totally, totally. Like I, I would actually liken it to like when I saw him, uh that those guys play very similar to when I saw um Elton John. Sounded unbelievable, like crystal clear, fantastic performance. Obviously he's not bopping around the the, the stage like he once did either. But yeah, like Bruce Bruce Dickinson, the whole nine yards, uh fantastic uh um group band, whatever you want to call it, like, amazing band, I love to see them play, and uh, I even like some of the, like, when they do their even earlier stuff with their uh, original uh, lead singer, when Bruce does it, like, he still, like, gives, gives me chills when I hear, like, one of their, because their, their, their first album with Bruce, like, I think, I want to say it starts with Run to the Hills, and it's just like... Uh, you know what, Bruce Dickinson is the man, I don't, yeah. like, the fact of that he flies their... You know, massive private jet. Private jet. I mean, and it's not, this ain't no G5 airplane. This is a legit, like, you can hold, like, a Tanks. whole flight that's trying to go to Australia. I mean, you could hold a ton of people and think, plus he's a, he's like a, he's like a college professor and stuff. He, yeah. He's super, super smart, super artistic, and has the range of an opera singer. And it's, uh, that was an amazing concert. No, no, I totally agree. But uh, so, like, how did we get off on that tangent? You went to a concert with? Uh, so I went to two brothers, right? And uh, met met Shark and Cully, and then um, it was like uh, we went to a distributor and exhaust sales kind of went down, and it was just kind of a tough time to be in the exhaust sales, and there was just they, I don't know if they were ready to kind of take that hit as much as they expected it to, but it. <laughs> Man, I keep coughing. I'm sorry. No, I love it. It's fine. <coughs> um, Both my listeners don't mind. It got okay, um, but the it got to a point where it's just like, man, I'm not making any commission. Like, I kind of I gotta like kind of figure out something else to do. And I just went into uh, Cully's office and I was like, hey, man, this is my two weeks. I'm out. You know, like I just can't deal with this anymore. And I didn't, I quit with no job, like, I didn't know what I was going to do, and so, anybody who shops at H&M, it was basically the same thing, 
in our day was Anchor Blue was like the store you went to. Okay. And it was Christmas. It was Christmas time. And I could, I was like, I was gonna get a job at the mall. Just kind of like, just kind of floats for a minute. Yeah. So I went in the back and I just, I put, um, I put sensor tags on jeans and little teeny bopper girls' clothes, and and I listened to Black Label Society and Slayer and Metallica in the back with my little Bluetooth thing and my and my iPod, and it was just like people would come back there and just just busting through stuff, busting through stuff. I'm in the back like nobody cares. And then um, one of the dudes, Jared, that I worked with at Cycle Gear beforehand, he was like, he called me, he's like, are you really working at the mall? I was like, yeah, I totally am, dude. And he's like, dude, come back to work here. Like, I want you back. Like, there was like a little spat between me and Jared why, why I left Cycle Gear. He wouldn't give me the weekend off to go see MotoGP. So I was like, all right, like, I'm going to quit if yeah. you don't. Like, and then That's so I good, quit. That's and a good way to I went, I quit and I went to two brothers. So I went and I kind of leveled up and I got to go to MotoGP and I saw Nikki Hayden's first win ever. So that's pretty cool. That's the reason to quit your job. And, uh, like, um, me and my buddy went to that race in a Honda Civic that we slept in for two days because yes. hotel rooms were like so astronomically priced and that at, you know, 19, 20 years old, like, you're fine sleeping in a, yeah. $500. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm young enough, like, I'm gonna send that, like, no problem. I mean, I, I'm still not afraid to sleep in a car. Like, I, yeah. when I was doing A stars, like, I slept in the van sometimes, but it was just like, man, I'm just tired now. I'm just, you know, I'm not want to deal with getting a hotel room, all this stuff, and sleep in the van. Like, I'm cool. Yeah. Um, so, I went back to Cycle Gear, ran that for a little bit longer, uh, made an assistant manager, and then got called by Shark to go back to two, uh, back to two brothers. So I kind of did the little bounce back and forth for a second. And, uh, and when I was at two brothers the second time, um, the most important person in the world to me, uh, was and is, will always be my grandma. And, um, she, I lost my grandma. She was basically like my mom and my dad and my grandma. She was just basically this my whole family. And, uh, I remember going to lunch, like, cause I, I could only have one breed in a day. And I took that day off and then I went back to work the next day and I was like, Hey dude, lunch today. And he's, and Shark's like, I cleared him schedule. And we went to lunch and dude, I totally cried my face off the whole time. And, uh, over the weekend, um, when that happened, uh, Cully called me and was like, dude, I know what happened to you. And he's just like, I know this is like a really weird thing. He's like, but I need somebody at Scorpion Helmets and I want you to go to be at Scorpion Helmets. And it was like, man, it's like a job change and a life change. And it was like, I told Shark, I was like, I don't know why, but like, I feel like I need to do this. Or like, I need to switch something up. Like everything, just a whole life change. It was like, I have to change my whole life right now. And he was like, then go do it. I support you. How long do you need before you before you're gonna leave? And I was like, I told Coley two weeks. He's all then I want you around for two weeks. And that's fine. If I got you for two more weeks, let's, let's have some fun, you know. And um, they ended up through the sales. They ended up just kind of higher up, letting me go. And I started Scorpion earlier. And um, 
worked with Coley for a little while, and uh, then uh, Scorpion moved from down in Irvine to like basically like my backyard. It was such a blessing in disguise because anybody knows Southern California traffic, the five freeway. If you have to drive through the Orange Crush, it is an absolute fucking nightmare, and it sucks. It is soul sucking, and it drains the life out of you. I want you to get a, uh, a tattoo that says "I heart the 91." I do love the 91 in the morning and in the afternoon, but if man, if your opposite traffic heads west and then and then east in the afternoon, you are fucked. You are yeah. so fucked. So fucked. As the great Rick Tanner once said, "You're fucked, man. You're fucked." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, so I, I did, I did, uh, they moved up there and, um, Cully started working for Troy the Design. And at the time, Jeff Wiener was the athlete motor manager over at TLD. And, um, he ended up getting kind of, like, it was kind of a mutual thing that he was leaving and he got rehired from his previous tenure at Alpine Stars. And Cully came up to me. Another interesting, dumb, uh, nerd moto stat is that I've never missed an Anaheim Supercross since 1999. I've attended every single one of them. I'm not saying that I remember a couple of them because there was a point where it was like, oh, I have access to alcohol and I got really wasted. Um, but I have been to every single one. So I see Cully at Anaheim 2, 2015, and he's like, Hey, you know who Jeff Wiener is? I was like, nah, that's a funny name, though. You know, like, who is he? And so we we walked around, and Jeff working for Alpine Stars. We couldn't find him. I mean, the pits are packed, whatever. And he's like, hey, are you coming to Anaheim? And as he's saying that, he's like, oh, that's a dumb question. You come to every one of these. He's like, oh, when you come to Anaheim 3, you need to meet Jeff Wiener. Don't, don't drink. Don't come here and look for girls. Don't come here and uh, hook up with your with your fucking crew and start getting drunk. Nothing. Come here and hunt down Jeff Wiener. I'm going to give him a call this week. And I was like, all right. So I had three rolls around. <laughs> I was actually going to a wedding that day because you've already called me out on how many weddings I go to. Yeah. It's uh, your occupation. Second, I, second job. Hi, <clears throat> Ashley and Chris. Um, I went, I went to practice and the pits and stuff beforehand because I had a ticket for the night show. And um, I went uh, I went down there, I met Jeff, and he was like, he's like, all right, so what are you looking for a job? I was like, you know what, I'm not looking for a job. I'm just looking for an opportunity to show that I'm better than doing customer service. Like, I mean, like I kind of had to, sounds cliche and all this stuff, and it's like you kind of had to believe in yourself a little bit. And it's like, all right, if you step in the big leagues, like, alright, believe in yourself, like, fake it till you make it, let's go, you know, and, but when you, when you fake it and you make it, you have to put in the work to continue to make it. Yeah. A lot of people fake it and they make it and they still fake it because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they don't know how they so, made it work either. Exactly. So I, uh, he was like, you got a business card or something? And I gave him my Scorpion card. He's like, alright, thanks. And he just walked away and I was like, well shit. I went home, uh, I watched watched around of uh, a practice went home did the shit shower shave and went to Hollywood uh, that my friends got married on the back lot at NBC Studios 
and uh, it was on the same street where they filmed Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it was like on the streets of Brooklyn. It was a really cool thing. And um, we went and uh, and I told her, I was like, hey, you got married. You're getting married on the same night at Supercross. Like, I'm, I'm going to do the Jim Halpert thing and, like, get the photos and do the dance and be like, hey, I'm going to Supercross. So I did the did the dance and she's like you're really leaving I was like you fucking knew I was and I got in my truck and I drove from the wedding back down to Anaheim and walked in the stadium the most fly dressed dude there I was like in my suit and everything and like I showed up to uh, section 222 where we all would get uh, get the Coors Lights and everything right there and all my friends were there and they're like dang dude like where'd you come from like you're looking you're looking so good and uh a couple weeks later, uh, Jeff called me. Uh, I ended up actually meeting Grant Langston through a mutual friend, uh, Joe Bond. And we all had like this really cool ride day at Moonshine Ranch. Um, and it's like this, our buddy Brian's house, which was the coolest setup. Uh, him and his wife just make it the most epic day to just chill out and ride in this dude's front yard. And, um, like, uh, hung out with GL and in my uh, in my interview with Jeff he's like oh so do you know anybody and I was like oh I went riding with Grant Langston this weekend he was like okay like he's kind of looking at me like I don't know Grant Langston dude like you know and and then at that moment I didn't know it Jeff told me later Grant called him like as I'm saying that and like and he answered the phone he's like were your ears burning and he went outside and he was like, Hey, you know about this Jesse kid? He was like, Yeah, I rode with him this last weekend. Like, he's cool. He works for a helmet company. Like, I don't know. And he was like, Best reference right, ever. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, I was, at, and then Jeff passed along some decent news to where I met with, uh, the owner of Alpine Stars, Gabriel Mazzarolo. Yes. And, uh, a couple weeks later, I was hired. I remember it was April 6, 2015 was my first day on the job for Alpine Stars. It was like, I still have a video of me like, dude, like, you kind of like, it was one of those moments in your life where you're like, I can't believe this is really happening. And I have a video of me. It's like, remember how happy you are in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to draw back because there's a lot of times like when it sucks. And I mean, like I know a lot of people listen to a lot of different podcasts and everything like that but like there's times man it's like I, even sometimes I can get a lot of a bad attitude and it's like the supercross season kind of drags on and yeah like job's a job man and you're just kind of yeah you just you start itching and you've dealt with so many TSA checkpoints and idiot passengers crushed legs and on planes and everything it's just like I kind of want it to end and get to September and kind of have ride that ride that wave of being off of travel for a little bit for myself uh you know i kind of go into a little bit of a hibernation ish kind of thing uh, wedding but mode i mean whatever the wedding <laughs> mode um but like i mean there's a lot of guys uh you know christian ortiz uh all right hugh over at the team that you know they're still they're still working you know they're still on the grind they're still making new guys happy and all that um but i was 
I had I was able to work for Alpine Stars for uh, a little bit, and I, I ran two and a half years there. And, I was going to say, um, were you there in seventeen when I I, was, I came down and I dealt with uh, Reed? And like side note, uh, Reed is one of the the best guys that that I've ever met in the sport of motocross. I'm actually bummed that he works at Reed Vokey. Uh, Reed Vokey, my dude. Uh, who, uh, he was, yeah, he's awesome dude. One of the best guys I've ever had to deal with, uh, in the sport of motocross now works with, uh, uh, Nitro, Nitro Circus. I think you were there as well at the same time. No, yeah, I, I was, I was able to work with like such a rad crew at Alpine Stars. Like I felt like we, um, you know, Jeff trained me a lot. Um, a lot, like I, I always give Jeff a lot of props because he gave me like, Mark Sharp gave me a break. Jeff kind of gave me a big, a bigger break in, and stepping into a world that was completely different from what I had been used to. And it's like, you know, it's like, so you go from being the fan in the stand to the roadie on, you know, behind the scenes and kind of making the show happen, if you will, to reference it in a music sense, you know, like I was kind of like the, a moto roadie. Now it's like I, you know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing their, you know, it's like, it's not the guitar, but it's like it's the strings of the guitar or the pickups of the guitar, uh, or plugging in the, the cable or making sure the wireless is working and hooked up to the amp and the amp is on the right level to kind of thing. So, However you want to fit me into that, um, that's what it, that's what it felt like. And, um, I've made some really awesome friendships from it. Um, like, uh, me and Justin Barsha are super good friends. Yeah, you guys uh, went to the Galaxy game that. like three days ago. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that was a lot of Amber. She's, she comes from England. Right. Um, football over there for her is a lot bigger than it is for us in the United States. And it was always just kind of me and her bullshitting about it. And uh, she was like, if Justin doesn't want to go, I'll go. Like, I want to go to a football game. I haven't been in a while. And it was like, so for her to Justin come out and kind of like it was, it was different. Um, just because it's like, you know, it's like a, it's a professional work ish kind of thing. I mean, we're friends and like not, we don't work to, I don't work at the same company that he rides for anymore, but we're still just with, we hit it off on a different level. And, uh, also went to their wedding in England. One of the funnest, craziest, most beautiful weddings ever. Like I had, such a great time and um yeah it was uh me and justin like you know it's like you, you gotta you kind of gotta get to know people there's people that are very serious there's people not everybody you can kind of talk a lot of shit with or whatever i know a lot of guys you can talk a lot of shit with but then there's like there's guys that i don't know me and justin just happened to hit it off i don't know uh if like you know my kind of dulled down Still wanting to be 27, 35 year old, mm-hmm. gels well with his still 27, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah, you're, you're crazy kind of matches his crazy. Because he's actually a little bit, I, I would say he's a little bit tough to warm up to. Like, he doesn't really get, like, super close with too many. I think he kind of keeps it a tight knit. If you can get in there, obviously, and you were, you flew over to, flew away to go see his wedding. I, like, that's, that's I don't, pretty cool. Like, I don't really, I don't really feel like it was something that, like, um, I don't think it was like, I think it was a lot of bit of a, a mix of my personality and my work ethic 
and it's like you know the, the, there was times when I've never not been real with anybody it's anything that um like uh, there was only one time I ever had to to address a rider because working for Alpine Stars you have a, some pretty good rivalries happening and you have to be a floater in the situations right and I never I don't I just was myself around anybody and that's what you get you get myself and my work ethic and if you like both of those then we're going to get along great for some reason you don't like my personality or anything like that then you know then maybe that's maybe why we didn't get along or or whatever but my work ethic was always it's always there it's like i've never treated anybody differently or anything like that but i only ever had to uh remind one rider ever and then like i take care of, i take care of everybody the same i get around to everybody as quickly as i can um just that's what it is man i gotta i don't know yeah. and uh I, and i and and in the long run i think that that person respected me for it because it was like hey man like don't talk shit to me dude like you want to talk shit we can like this is this is not this is not something i want to do but i'm kind of good at it so like let's just let's keep it professional it's all good i have to deal with everybody it's fine so, there you go handling your business I'm not going to pass notes and everything like that, but, uh, like, I mean, as far as it goes, um, like, uh, we, before the broadcast, we were talking earlier, um, about, uh, different birthday things and maybe, uh, cut here. I don't know if that helps you, but, uh, yeah, if you want to slide that, that story in now, it's even better and you can kind of control, like, uh, sort of how you want to see, like, we we were talking about, uh, like, Good guy motocross racers who've uh, who've extended like a, a happy birthday text or this that and the other thing. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah. So take take the floor, my friend. So like I mean, so going back to our conversation that we had earlier, of like the first person who ever sent me a birthday text, and that was Mike Lessie. And it, I met Mike off of the track and everything. Like we went to, I was going to Catalina with a girl that I was seeing. And he he and Danielle got married in Catalina. Um, so, like, they go to Catalina every year for, like, kind of like their anniversary thing. And I was like, hey, it was the first days of Instagram. Like, I mean, it was kind of something new. I was like, hey, at Michael SC 800, meet me at this bar. And I got first round. And he showed up. And him and Danielle hung out. And he was like, man, it's like the first beer I've had in a long time. And I was like, well, I'm glad you're having it here, man. Like. Yeah. And that was that was the year he finished like second in the motocross series, and he didn't get picked for Team USA. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's twenty twelve. That you know, uh, it's twelve. I think so. Yeah, that's the year Maybe where he's like I, basically I, going one two with Dungey the whole night, whole year. And they didn't take him for motocross nations, which, again, like Mike's an amazing, amazing person and stuff, and. Um, I mean, I don't know how, if he got chosen, if, if it would have affected an outcome or anything like that, but I know that he deserved it. And it was just like, I thought it was cool that he was hanging out there. And then you fast forward, I've, you know, I, I've made it 
and and Mike is still a great friend of mine, and Justin's a, a a great friend, and now he's out here in California. Like him and his wife had me over. Uh, we had fajita Wednesday, which we're gonna try and keep a little tradition going, and and um, uh, the uh, all right, hang on, let me cut that back. Uh, <laughs> uh, him and his wife had me over. And, yes. uh, we had, uh, we had fajitas. I like And, it. um, they bought me, uh, they bought me, uh, cupcakes. And Justin's like, oh, I, I forgot how old you were. So you can either be 96 or you can be, and it was like, all right, you know, like, of course we're in 69, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, like, and it was cool. Like, and he, he like freestyled this half-assed little birthday song to me. It was, I think this should be the new national, um, birthday song. Yes. Uh, actually, not na- not national, but like I'm thinking globally. Yeah. You Intergalactic, know. even. Like we have the exactly. I mean, we send it up to the space station, and they start broadcasting it out. You know. Yeah. And um, it was uh, it was you know like I mean as far as that goes, that was pretty cool. You know, and uh, I remember watching Justin as a fan making his debut at. Glen Helen, I think it was 2008, number 151, and uh, he led a lot of the second moto, and he was like, dude, that, that kid's legit, you know, and he's always just had a style and stuff that I've liked, and to, for him to call me one of his, for, for him to call me one of his best homies and, and everything, it, it's, uh, it means a lot to me, so. No doubt, uh, that, that's a huge, it's uh, a huge thing, a huge, like, relationships, in the sport of motocross, I think you'd agree. And, like, in business, relationships are about as vital as, as anything. But I feel like motocross may be even more important than, that, than any other industry, cultivating these really amazing, deep-rooted uh, relationships. And you seem to be really, really good at that. Uh, maybe maybe you need to uh, um, host, like, a mastermind or a, a, a focus group on, on just learning how to, to cultivate those amazing uh, uh, relationships because... Working for, like, the one thing I find with you, yourself, and, and, and you've worked for a lot of different companies, but more often than not, you work with a lot of aspiring brands. Like, you're working with the Ferraris and the Mercedes-Benzes of this industry. Like, uh, of course, you, like, put in some work. At some point, you were at the mall. At some point, you're at Two Brothers. But, um, like, to have both Alpine Star and Troy Lee Designs on your resume, like, it doesn't, in my opinion... Uh, like that's sort of the epitome as far as like prestigious brands within the industry, and uh, you, you've held court at at both places. How'd you make the switch from an awesome uh, place to work like Alpine Star? I like the everything that I've heard about working there, um, fantastic. I don't know, Derek uh, loves it there. He's been there for a long period of time. Uh, and Ash, the uh, the girl that uh, she just recently got back from uh, uh, from overseas, uh, she's awesome as well. How'd you make the switch? over to now uh, uh, doling out uh, gear for uh, not only the TLD team, but uh, a lot of other uh, top five professionals. Well, um, I mean, it was, uh, it was a little bit of a, uh, it was a little bit of a tough decision. Um, it was, a, there was a lot of other factors behind the scenes that were going on. Um, but originally, like what I was saying, like we had such a good crew, like in 2017, with uh, myself, Blake Winters, um, 
and then Reed Bokey and as well as Gina D'Ambrosio, who's done so many different things, worked for RCH, worked for Toyota. Um, Reed had moved from Seattle. And we had such a, just like a really good clique of people. And it was like, we all were like kind of playing off of each other. And it was just like, we were having fun in the office and everything. And then it was just like a lot of changes happened, you know, and, and people can, people can get, grow tired of certain things or whatever. And it was like, okay, well, this is happening, this is happening. And then, um, we had got, we brought a new guy on, Nick, uh, who was, who fit right in. And Blake went back over to the road racing side and it was just like, we just had a super solid unit of people, uh, within racing services. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but then with the opportunity to move over to TLD, uh, with, uh, we, how we had it worked out at Alpine Stars. When I worked under Jeff, I drove to every single supercross and motocross round, and I would leave one round, drive to the next place, and then I'd fly home, do a couple days in the office, and, you know, potentially have a day off, fly back, do the, do the race weekend, and then drive to the next place and repeat, you know, and like for me, that was getting really old. And then I thought that with uh, Jeff's departure, which Jeff was flying in and out, I would have a new person to drive the van in and out, I would fly in and out. But then it became that we kind of traded traded spots, which is what uh, Derek and Muskrat did when they kind of took over the program, is that they did the, the trade spots thing, which, you know, definitely helps out, but it's not also, it's also not the, kind of the solution, but... Right. Um, so like, the, just to get that straight, like you'd have a guy flying in with with stuff, and then he would like take the van forward, and then the other guy would fly back. Yeah, and then he'd fly back with other stuff that you know needed to be repaired or you know huh. be sent back to Italy or something like that. But then um, when the opportunity arose to you know potentially go work at TLD and fly in and out of the races and. Like, I get to go against, you know, like, I'm going against traffic rather than, you know, with traffic. So, it's just wide open, 70 miles an hour to Corona. And then I take the fast track back, and it's like, boom, like, I'm I'm there. And it's like, it's, it's just way easier. It's overall, it's overall, like, uh, I think 10 miles more a day than driving to Torrance. But it's also, like, hours off of my life sitting in traffic. So, yes, that was... That was a positive thing. Um, to leave Alpine Stars on a note that I did, uh, my last round was at Ironman 2017 for Telmac to clinch the championship at that round. Uh, it was Alpine Stars' first ever uh, United States championship as a gear company. That's true. And they almost got one in the 125 got, class with Ryan Hughes, but not, not since then. Correct. So, like, as the moto nerd, the moto gear nerd, um, I thought that was pretty cool to be a part of. And I was lucky enough for Gabrielle to gift me one of the number one championship jerseys uh, from there. And that's, that's, cool. that's a cool, that's a cool uh, thing. Um, but it was like, I felt like I left it all on a really, really good note. And then to come over to TLD and kind of have a little bit more of a narrow focus with where Alpine Stars, it was so many different teams and so many riders and 
so many stinky feet. Davey Millsap, if you're listening. Yes. Um, Avid the, um, um, the, uh, to, to go to the gear and helmets was a pretty easy transition. I understood helmets from working at Scorpion. Uh, you know, the different, uh, different ways that, you know, helmets are made and everything and as well as bringing in TLD with the MIPS, uh, system that the, uh, SE4 offers throughout the entire line, uh, is, you know, something cool and newer, uh, something cool and new to learn. Um, and then as well as it just became, but then like when you have a whole van that you're driving around, and you're like, oh, I can just throw this in the van, throw this in the van, throw this in the van, or ship this here and there. And it's like, now you're showing up to the races with 100 pounds of gear bags. It's like, whoa, this is a much different program. So it was just, it was a lot of learning the cadence of how that needs to be executed. You know, you need to understand of, you know, uh, weight limits, weight limits on bags. And it's a lot of just, undermining things like a lot of people just think it's you know it's going to the races and, and hanging out with motocross riders it's not I mean anybody anybody who says that's different like I wish that I had that job but because it's like you're there you're there to represent a brand you're there to deliver product that's you know that you've promised that their you know marketing department is relying on and everything like that it's like a, I feel it's a pretty big responsibility because you are representing this brand, you know, for these guys and, you know, having them put it out there on the track. So, um, you know, that was, a that was a little bit different. And then just kind of also the camaraderie of the team, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take some hits. You gotta give some hits. You can't hit too hard, you know, but you want to hit hard to where it hurts where they're going to, you know, it's it's the slugging back and forth. And, um, I'm not gonna lie, like the, the first few rounds and everything of this that uh, 18 Supercross season were not extremely easy. I thought that I had everything dialed and I just kind of jumped in a completely different pool, and I didn't like the temperature of the water. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. it, it was totally a yin yang kind of thing. Um, but you know, now that I've been there for two years. Um, you learn what people like, you learn what people don't like, you learn how far you can take things, you can, you can learn who you can gang up on and that they'll take a, a verbal, you know, uh, you know, fatal four way against, you know, four on one kind of thing. And like it's at the end of the day, like we, we've had a lot of fun as a team and, uh, to be part of that and everything now. Uh, has been really fun, it, but it was different to transition to, I was the Alpine star guy and I can go from here to here to here to here to here to here to check on all these different guys. Da, 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 da. And then now it's like, I'm affiliated with Troy Designs KTM. And it's like, I go, I would go over to the Honda truck. And it's like, I, I'm in my, my TLD KTM costume. And it's like, oh man, like the Honda kids are going to be pissed right now you know like yeah yeah and uh so i mean like i would try and be respectful and like put a piece of tape over a ktm thing but like when it got to be the night show and everybody's in the stadium and it's freezing cold outside in indianapolis like i'm like hey man i'm coming in ktm colors blazing man i don't really care i just don't want to be cold right now so um that was a little bit of a transition 
but you know with you know with being friends uh with with justin and being able to kind of cruise back over and and say what's up again um you know and and still be around a lot of guys you know and still be accepted for like i was i feel like i was more accepted as like my personality um you know i'm like oh he's a good dude never let me down type of thing and uh that's how i feel like i've kept relations you know relationships uh you know with what they're quickly referred to but there's a lot of guys that i feel that like you know we have a friendship and we can kind of talk shit and push each other's buttons just, just you know ever so slightly and and you know you just got to get a real rib in there and and uh that's why you know it's still really it's still a cool thing to do absolutely like <clears throat> like i come from a locker room mentality grew up playing hockey football you name it all these team sports i feel like that sometimes motocross it like guys are a little bit reluctant to sort of get into those like like ribbing each other back, back like kind of begging on each other like because everyone's like somewhat sensitive like am I completely off for that or do I just have like the wrong approach I'm just being a dick to people and that and they're just angry with me afterwards uh, I mean it, it, you gotta catch them on the right on the right time you know like okay. uh, there's times there's times I mean like I mean if anything you know if you could in a locker room mentality you could walk by and you know, like, oh, hey, nice shot, asshole, you know, and it's like, and it's practice, it's this or that, but like, yeah. if you lost in third period, and homeboy missed the shot, and you walk by and say, hey, nice shot, asshole, it's a completely different fucking statement. Yeah, you, know? you might get, you might get punched in the mouth. Exactly. I mean, it's like, it's, dude, it's like, it's a, it's respecting, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, as a gear guy, like, I mean, you're very close to these guys. You have to understand. I always put it, it's like, hey, look, when I, when you step foot on the track, the last thing I want you to, to worry about is your Troy the Design helmet. Like, I want you, like, you know, even with as, as light as the new GoPro 8 can be, you know, we had to switch Smitty to a smaller helmet because it was like, man, he's like, man, I just, it's just getting sloppy on me now. Like I, like I feel like the helmet's moving around. It's like, okay, we're gonna switch you to a small. Oh, I've never ridden in a small helmet. Well, if you want it to tighten up, like you can't be in a meeting. We got to change the shell. It's knowing, knowing your product. It's knowing what. It's being a suspension guy in a sense of like, okay, you have to take for their feedback and you have to sort through it. And it's like, okay, you don't, you don't like it being loose here. But making sure that the last thing that is on their mind is, you know, focusing on that gate drop, focusing on getting that first turn first and focusing on putting in, uh, you know, a solid main event or a solid 30 plus two, you know, that, that's, that, that way I look at it, that's the way I built my, my personal work ethic off of it. Cause it, you know, like at the end of the race, you know, if they've, if they've had this problem at the end of the race, they're going to let you know, but, it's also just kind of knowing knowing your guys having having that friendship having that trust with them and and having a, you know and just also enjoying the ride together you know it's like hey we're here to support you and everything like that but i mean this sport has gotten very very serious and it's like if i can try and bring a little bit of that 
90s kind of like hey let's have some fun you know let's yes. do some music on like let's let's sing something let's you know let's you know let's do some you know let's give each other some stupid nickname or some little thing like I don't know it's just like let's make it lighter than what it has been and like let's just because at the end of the day I think if you have fun do you know like if you if you have fun doing your job you're going to work a day in your life and it's like these guys work and it's their job let's kind of try and insert some fun in there at the same time Absolutely, and you're certainly the guy to do it. Uh, just a happy-go-lucky guy. I think you're probably better with words than most people in the pits, uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. And uh, just a fun guy to be around. Like honestly, I don't want to blow, uh, blow, you, blow too much smoke up your ass, but I, I really enjoy every time you're around. You seem like uh, you're, you're sort of like you get the smiles going. Even when things are down, you're, you're, uh, you're picking things back up. Uh, and, but at the same time, very serious uh, about your job and getting people, like you said, having that product knowledge, knowing like just like suspension feedback, know when someone says, yeah, it needs to be this, like knowing where adjustments need to be made so that the riders are comfortable because you as well as I know, this is probably the most mental sport in on the on the face of the earth. Like when when all things are clicking, and that includes how your helmet fits, by the way, you can make it like these guys can make incredible things happen like when all the stars are aligned they could have the most perfect bike setup but if their gloves aren't fitting properly or if their helmets is jiggling around too much these guys not to say like all of them just crumble off or something like that but it, those are it, it's a complete package it all needs to be there and like I, I've heard, uh, I was a, a guy. I think his name's Brian. Works for uh, Pirelli, and he basically uh, illustrated that like it's motocross. It's 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 like we're still talking about dirt bikes here. And if the rider thinks he has what he needs, then he has what he needs. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's that, that's part of uh, the the like the service side of things of what you do is obviously you're trying to get the guys in the absolute best thing that they uh, they need every single race day, but as well as servicing that sort of the side of things where a guy's like, I think I I think I would be, uh, benefit from being in a smaller helmet. And they're like, if that's what, and then you're like, if that's what uh, it needs to happen. Let's get that smaller helmet on you, and then make some something special happen. Um, I mean. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Faster. It's a MotoGP documentary. It's yeah, amazing. It. Um, the uh, my favorite quote of that movie, other than Valentino Rossi, like the first time you ride the 500, and he's like, "Ah, fuck!" Like I think that was like super funny. But Kevin Schwantz is like, you know, 90% of motorcycle racing is between your ears, and it's a hundred percent true yep. because. I mean, subconsciously, no matter what, like, is going on in your life or, or whatever, you know, if there's something that's, that's there that's, you know, a mental block for you in your life, it could potentially suffer on a motorcycle. Not saying that about all people, because uh, there are some people who, you know, have shined under pressure or, or you know you know like they've experienced the death in the family and went out and won like for me when ryan dungey was like when his grandmother died and he won the championship as a rookie and he's like this one's for you grandma you know and he got super choked up i connected with that shit immediately my grandma was like i said earlier was like totally my, the world to me so i mean there's some guys that do perform under it but i mean at the same time it's a very it's a very 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 mental sport you know 
Yeah, no, it totally is. It's it's just, it's it, the honestly like obviously you see guys like the evidence on race day and stuff like that, but it's more, it's I honestly feel it on race day. It's no different than like when you're out there on the track and you see someone or you know someone behind you is like you know into like to the core of you that that guy's faster than you. You're, that guy's going to find his way past you, and that's what happens. And just like when you're behind someone, you know you're faster than that guy. You find a way to get past them by no matter what. Like th- that mental, like I'm, I'm going to get past this person, is enough to get you there. Where, like, whereas you know what I mean? Like it's just like um, very similar to there, there's a number of guys. Uh, I don't want to bring up any names. Sometimes feelings, feelings get hurt. But when certain guys are behind other guys, like it's just like you, you just see the fr- the guy in the front just like kind of squirming immediately because he knows it's almost like a it's not an if it's a when and uh, and, and guys are and those other guys are able to just pull the trigger like uh, it's a really fascinating sport that way um, the ebbs and flows of it and uh, to be a part of that just to be able to go to the races be a part of the races and of course as much as like the first after the like Anaheim one two and uh, maybe three rounds into things uh opening ceremonies isn't as cool as it was uh uh, three weeks ago but uh uh, it's still cool to go to those races and and see these guys um race and compete and the storylines that unfold uh like I know like there's certain parts of your job that are not the most amazing things in the world but I I still think that like like, because I imagine like you're you got long legs dude uh getting onto those planes every single weekend is ridiculous um but uh like you you gotta love it and i wanted to go there (laughs) yeah like there's it's it's still a job it's a job that uh a job that you take very seriously i think it's a job that you do very well well i i i do appreciate that um uh like uh i have been fortunate enough to uh have I have had made some friends on on the circuit and it does it does make it a lot easier to be away from home to be away from you know the the parties that you used to go to or whatever for me like it was kind of weird because a lot of these a lot of guys who you know they 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 did you know they maybe have went the MMI route or they've you know started off as you know a guy who was working at this shop and then they kind of got brought up and now they're part of a team but they've always just kind of been out on the road or anything like that I got this job when I was 30 years old like it's kind of like a little bit late to get an an extreme kind of life adjustment yes especially this type of one yeah and then but like now though it's like I'm in this off season ish you know um and it's like man like i I find myself like you know it's like you almost kind of overextend yourself like you want to do this and 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 it's like man like you just don't feel like you've had a weekend off or oh yeah you're supposed to not be on planes right now you just got back from what costa rica (laughs) no uh here we go where'd you go for benny's Uh, i went to i went for to betty boss's wedding in cancun mexico there you go. Um, but the the excuse was that Benny was originally supposed to get married on my birthday, and we were going to go to Kansas City. So then he he had to move the day because there was another wedding. So he got married on the twenty second. So it was like, oh, I'm going to have my day of my birthday at a badass resort, and that was like that was a really good time to be able to just kind of shut off and and just chill out and relax like uh other than the other than the bug bites and stuff that happened 
uh, thanks to the mosquitoes down there. Um, it was just a really fun time just hanging out and just kind of everybody, uh, you know, obviously now I shaved my head, but, you know, letting the hair down and just kind of having a good time, just sending. There you go. There you go. And yeah, f- uh, ripping it, f- ripping in things down to the wood it was, uh, can we talk about that a little bit? Like that, that's a life choice, my friend, as much as your beard is a life choice, the ripping it down to the wood is also a life choice. Oh, hundred percent. Like it was like, I got to a point where I mean, Wiener, I mean, this is three years ago. Like your hair, he's like, your hair falls out more than my wife's hair in the shower. He's like, you're going to need to shave your head. And Jeff was bald. And I was like, uh, uh-huh, whatever. And then, but it got to a point where it's like, man, it's getting really thin on top, dude. And then I, I went and got a haircut and, um, I just, I was like, man, I can see through that forest, bro. And then <laughs> it was, I was like, no, I'm not going to be that guy walking around but they know that their hair is thin but they're trying to hang on to it mm-hmm. they just shave it just be done with it it's time except that you're bald and wear a hat all the time you know like you probably wear a hat a lot of times as it is now but like yep god man let's let it go let's let it go you are a hat guy you're, you're like me like I own 40 damn hats two of which are Troy Designs the, by the way <laughs> I am the same way but like I, I don't know like I'll get in the habit of wearing like only three hats but like I have so many more hats but I'm just like I don't like the way this one fits or whatever mm-hmm. whatever I don't know yeah Hat no I have, I have a rotation I like uh, very much like and I'm not sure if you follow football at all but my favorite football analyst slash former athlete Dion Sanders he has so many suits that every time he wears a suit it kills the suit for three years, and he can't yet again wear that suit again. Um, and we're talking about a guy that goes on TV like five days a week. So, um, right, yeah, like that's I, I I do that with hats. Like if I wear a hat, it kills that hat for three weeks, and then it like I have to that way I have to go through my other hats. So I either have nice hats, my, or yeah. So that's 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 how I approach it. I have two black on black TLD. New Era fifty nine fifty, super bro flat bill over the over the ear because I have like weird looking ears I think. Yep. So I do. just tuck them in, and uh, appreciate that. <laughs> and um, I was just like, I, I like, I don't know, like I bought, I got them from, I got them from work, and then I like I was washing one for a little while, and it's got these weird creases in it now. So I just wear that one to work, but then it's like, if I'm going to a nicer function I'll get the other one out because it's fresher you know and it hasn't been to the washer as many times it doesn't look all fucked up you know yes absolutely like I, I am guilty of, of purchasing multiple of the same hat to have like because especially if it's one that I'm going to uh, like like I can have a daily driver and then bust out like the fresh one for when we, we want to, uh, to 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 look like we just bought it, or, or like just to have one that doesn't yeah, need as much 100%, 100%. maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, that's Yingling number three. So, what's that? Strong history going down. This is Yingling number three. Oh, good, absolutely. No, and the, and, We're, and like, I, ho- I hope that you're drinking because I've just been drinking and just you know just having conversations, chilling out. This is you have you have uh, popped my podcast. Cherry, this is the first one I've ever been on. So fantastic. Well, I, I, I'm I'm appreciating the conversation. We're an hour and a half into this thing, and uh, uh, we haven't really. Seriously? Even, yeah, we're like, well, yeah, an hour and twenty eight minutes, um, and we're wow. we're not <clears throat> we're not quite done. 
at all. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, like working with some of the athletes that you've worked with in the past, um, I, like some some great athletes come to mind, like uh, um, Shane McElrath. Uh, the, the whole TLD team this year was fantastic. We talked about Cole, who uh, is competing this uh, this weekend in uh, straight rhythm. Um, who are some of the fav- uh, your favorite guys to work with? What makes them fun to work with? Um, and uh, and obviously uh, a br- basically a brand new roster for uh, for 2020 uh, coming at you, uh, which I'm sure you're uh, like um, t- taking care of a lot of uh, the ins and outs of uh, of getting those guys set up, a lot of onboarding, if you will. And uh, I assume that like since those guys get to hang out and and go to Adidas and fill a shopping bag, uh, do you do you get to accompany them on a, on, a, on a trip like that, or are you not privy to those uh, type of privileges? Um. Well. That was a lot. There was a, there was a lot of coverage in that. There was uh, a lot there. I'm that, sorry. There was a, a lot. There it's was like a four lot questions. Of stuff, like so, but no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, That's why questions. we're not done First here. of all, yes. <laughs> shout out, massive shout out, and all the best wishes to Al Vinoy of Adidas. Um, he's a really good dude, and to listen to listen to that guy's story, like inspired me to just like kind of wake up and just be like man like look what you have like da, da, da. like and it was it was like a kick in the teeth i'm not kidding you right now i'm standing at my kitchen dining i don't know what room this you know it's just this giant little 700 foot condo but i took three books home from uh adidas and uh one of them is the principles of innovation and Al Vinoy wrote this book and it says uh, it says the foundation like when you first get hired at Adidas they hand this thing to you and he's like the foundation and it says welcome to zero and it's like starting with nothing 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 and what can we build from here why do you want to build it and all this stuff and it was like it was really really cool to hang out and hear that guy's story and uh, like I said, massive shout out to uh, Al, who is just a uh, is just a big a fan of motocross uh, as anybody. His office, he's got like this rad Mako, just completely restored. It's just chilling it. in his office. And just outside of it is a CR125 Elsinore, just completely restored. And it's amazing because it's he's that. I hope to be when I'm. Al's age that I go back and I buy a YZ120, a 97 YZ125 because that was the bike that made me happy. It's the bike that made me fall in love with the sport. You know, like it's that, I think that an, an 06 KX250S and a 2016 KTM 350. Ooh, I like, like that. I have bike. an 06 Kawasaki 250F. I did. I've, I mean, that bike was amazing. I bought that bike brand new with a splitting headache from the first time ever drinking box wine. Felt like there was an axe in my forehead, and I was like, just loaded in the back of the truck. Please, thank you. <laughs> um, but um, the riders that I've worked with, um, the TLD KTM team uh, over these last couple of years is a group of guys that I was able to you know, be around and, 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 uh, and really help try and, you know, try and see huge results and everything. And we had some really high highs. And then this last year, 
had a lot of lows and it's like and that's why we go racing you know and so it's there's highs and there's lows some teams happen to have a lot more highs than we did um but it is what it is and as a team you move on um as riders additionally you know unfortunately for us everybody happened to move along contracts were up um results for some would argue they're not there unfortunately this sport is defined on how you finish not how much effort you put in true some people some people you can get you can get uh, a really horrible start and come through and finish well than where you started but without any TV time of you going through there it's not like you're just kind of another guy in the pack but if you're wearing the red plate and you come from behind to go forward you know that's a that's a bigger story and that's what they're going to cover of course uh, going back to going back to that movie faster uh, one of the one of the amazing doctors that's involved in the sport of MotoGP um, he was talking about John Hopkins he's like oh hey man like I, you were in 6 you were in 5th you weren't getting any TV time like what's up with that that is what it is TV time nowadays is worth more than an overall result sometimes to be oh honest. yeah for sure it's almost something like it's a detriment to guys who have big leads because they never get on TV because that's not like that. that's not what wants to be showed I give I give credit to the outdoor teams that they did a they did do a picture in picture. Yes. Um, also, just while we're on the subject of coverage, um, let's talk about how shitty the motocross nation's coverage was due oh to God. give the guy a fucking microfiber towel and wipe the shit off before we go to camera fourteen. Yeah. No. I thank was, you. That would be fantastic. I was so disappointed. Like I, I was like, all right. I was not one of the guys that was up and everything. I slept in. Me waking up and watching this race live is not going to change the outcome. No. I wanted to sleep, so I slept. Of course. Um, Plus, that's like two a.m. your time. And, uh, no, I think it was on a little. I think it was four a.m. Four a.m. Point where There's... I could have, I could have woke up. It wouldn't have been that big a deal. But I probably would have came out on the couch to watch it on the to watch it on the larger TV screen. That has more access with the with the Amazon Fire mm-hmm. jailbroken than the Apple TV does in my bedroom, and yes. watch it. The water droplets but, would have been bigger on that TV, though. By the way, exactly. I would have been so pissed that I just woke up to watch this shitty coverage. I couldn't even watch like, oh well, and they're like talking about, you know, Van Orbeek or anybody who's going through what you're trying to watch. I'm like, how do you even fucking know who? they're showing you right now like it could be some random yeah. dude from israel like, like it could know. be jesse james out there i don't know like and they'd just I, be going I mean, just as fast i mean ah uh, that would have been pretty rough i'm not a mud guy i'm just no. like uh, or a sand guy are you sand guy no no oh, not, a, not mud not sand so mud one, sand at, not bad not, what, not good. at one point one point my buddy grabbed me we raced rem 2008 just after um it was the weekend after so uh rem races the main track of glen helen and dude i went through this sand section the very first moto and i was in the lead and i went down in the sand section the first lap got back up was like in third 
made my way back to first, came around the same part in the sand section, ate shit again, and then I repeated doing that for like four laps. And then on the fourth lap, I got through it, and then they had like a like a turn to go up and over the little bridge back onto the start straight. Now it's all cemented in. Um, but dude, I ended up like spinning out the face of that. It was the it was the dumbest, worst race in my life, and I was so frustrated. My buddy came back, Australian buddy of mine, he grabbed me, and he was like, "Jesse, sand is your friend. You get it? Like, fucking get through there." And it was extremely frustrating. But to go back to everything uh, with my ten part question, Adidas. Um, this year was was tough. Um, it could well, be time. argued. It could be argued that, like you know, Shane could be making a little bit of a mistake going to Star Yamaha, hmm. where he was the number one guy at our team. Um, but then also, he's going to come in and obviously come in under under Nickel or not Nichols but Fernandez. I think you know Nichols. I'd did say he's almost like he's almost number three on the pecking order as far as. As That's far as like hierarchy of riders, That's like like w- one of his teammates just came home but, from uh, from Europe. The other one is uh, could have been a double champion and is definitely the uh, is going to carry the number one plate on the West. And I would imagine uh, like he's not even going to be the number one guy on his coast because because he's going to race West because he always raced West. So right, yeah. I anyway, don't know that, I don't know. That's that's Bobby Reagan's call and. Um, <clears throat> That team got a great person in Shane McElrath, yes. and I wish him all the best. Um, you know, as far as in life and everything like that. But I really wish that I hope that with us picking up Brandon Hartraft, who's already expressed how much more confident that our bike gives him. Um, I mean, you can see it in the results of a guy like Cameron McAdoo, who came on mid-season. Our bike is not not competitive. It's a you know it's a it's a factory KTM who happens to be supported by TLD yeah. and like um, I mean the the proof is in the pudding in that sense that like bike is rideable. Shane I obviously proved it going one one at Buds, which was weird, so cool. <laughs> it was and, and it came out, out of nowhere. left field, but you know what? When yeah. you feel the flow, you feel the flow. You can't exactly anybody talked about that. Like you know, you you get in that zone. You can't like you, you can't make a mistake. And he he even made a mistake and fucking corrected it. Like that's that's amazing. You jump off the track in the first lap and have people scattering just to jump back on and then hit the finish line. I was like, oh my god, you whole shot it and then. You, that's a third by the finish line. Oh my god! Like, and I was I was happy to be there. I was happy to be there for him uh, with his first overall at Tennessee. I was happy to be there to to where Smitty and Shane had a chance in Vegas in 2018. Like it was it was close, you know. Like yeah, they both held points that year. They, yeah, and they, and they both had. You know, there was points on the table depending on how others finished that it could have went differently for both of them. But for them to podium at the 
at the last round. They gave their they gave it their all. They took second and third, which was a cool night. Um, Smitty and I have had a great relationship. Me and Shane have had a great great relationship. Um, me and Shane that's two big blows to that team. Like I think that like that's probably what I'm be- bummed on the most is like just two great personalities. Like I love talking shit with Smitty and and same thing with Shane. Like they're just good salt of the earth people. I like I like I like both those guys and they're, they're both going to no, I, and, uh, different teams. And I do too. And I, I've been lucky enough to have known Shane for four years with my time at Eddie Stars. Right. Of course. And the same thing with. Smitty going from Geico Honda to TLD KTM and being there for Smitty's first Supercross win with Alpine Stars, it was kind of like I I knew what was you know the the kind of emotions and everything and mm-hmm. and uh, my bro Tato and Shane and team wiped me down with uh, with Jordan. It's uh, it's unfortunate that they're leaving. Um, I mean the same thing goes can be said for you know Mitchell Falk and Sean Cantrell. Mitchell Falk. You know, we only unfortunately had a one-year contract with him, um, and at that point, it's a make-or-break thing. Um, Mitchell and I always we got along, but I mean, he's he's also you know he's, I felt like maybe it was just maybe it was like an age thing. I don't I don't know. Me and him just didn't exactly click, and that's not necessarily his fault or my fault. It's just maybe just he didn't like my personality as much as he does others, and that's fine. Like. No ill will towards either one of them, and Sean Cantrell has a great heart, a really good dude, and um, I feel for I Sean Cantrell. I, know, I honestly, I know that he's I'm had bummed some, for him. He's had some big problems with his wrist, and I hope that he can get it sorted out. I I hope that maybe he can go up north to Canada, and and it's not that there's a lot of Americans going up there, and it's not that that the Canadian competition is not slow or anything like that but I think that's for some guys who've had an amateur career such as Sean maybe you can find a home there and make the racing better or anything or bring other people up to speed or find confidence and the same goes with Mitchell whether he rides um, you know whatever bike that he ends up on uh, you know his his brother uh, Hunter is still part of our TLD crew and I know it would be probably kind of a tough thing for for uh that brother combo to leave each other but i think growth is good i mean like like going back to shane i think that you know you've been at tld for a long time you know maybe maybe dropping down to somebody who could be a third tier or potentially a fourth tier you know using my air quotations and no bad Mm -hmm. juju towards the statement but like Maybe it gives you that that little fucking kick in the ass. Yeah, and sometimes would, it's needed, you know. And you know, me and Cameron had a have a great relationship. Um, like uh, McAdoo, seeing him come from nothing to getting on the Moto Concepts ride, and then all of a sudden to Geico and off Geico, but back to Geico, and then he's off, and then he comes to our team. He was kind of a guy that kind of got kicked around just just a tad bit, and. Like I couldn't be happier for Smitty and McAdoo um, to have gotten rides at PC. I mean, there is there's a reason why there's that many number one plates on the wall. And I mean, it's not anything. I don't know what they're doing differently than we are because I know that all of our guys put in long hours and everything like that. 
and maybe even potentially have more support that goes through everything. But pro circuit, it's a that Mitch cares so much about the team. It's a it's like you know it's it resonates throughout everybody's performance of the team, and it, you know it's it is what it is. You know they're winning and we're not at the moment. Yeah, I I, um, I do think that on in the case of Jordan though, uh, like it's a great opportunity. Obviously, like uh, like we talk about aspiring brands, aspiring teams, uh, Pro Circuit's definitely one of those. I think, and that that's and I think a lot of the other teams have sort of uh, risen and, and to Shane that going level. to Star too is not a bad is not a no. bad thing either. Like by, Star by no means Star's produced some really great riders, and they've got a solid they've got a solid bike right now, and hopefully they both find what they're looking for additionally i would like to i would like to be like hey andy this is why we're friend of me i yeah. don't want to see shane go from riding tld help you know tld gear all this time to winning in tour gear or benny at at, at bell like dude I, I i know how shane sweats man it's a lot like you better get some of those pads in there like else it's going to be bad and uh like it's it's fun camaraderie, but I would like I would like to see a step up of of uh, you know of Brandon Hartraff that he I mean I I don't I mean obviously I'd love to see him win, but I want to see a step in this program for to sure. becoming kind of like a you know a top you know fighting for a top ten guy, becoming a threat to be top five guy. That would be a step in the right direction. It's an obtainable, realistic goal. Yeah, I would love to see him win a championship. That'd be fucking awesome. Troy would lose his mind. But like, additionally, at the same time, he's never really ran up front before. Let's be realistic about this. Let's take our let's take our, let's take the small victories and let's build let's build confidence, build happiness, let's build camaraderie. Everything else will come with that. And then that's also additionally with Pierce Brown. Joining the team as as a full fledged rookie, yes, sir. Um, Derek Drake has had a motocross season underneath his belt, but has not ridden Supercross. Derek, uh, or I'm sorry, Pierce, at the same time, rode the one motocross around Florida where Derek was was leading. Um, but it was so, dude. That race was the most ridiculous, the hottest, the craziest. It was a little bit warm. I, I I would agree. I think. Everyone said it was kind of warm that day. It was, it, it like I mean, at one point, due to rain, they they shortened Supercross. It would be like it would be arguable when the temp, the temperatures in triple digits and the humidity is pretty is at a hundred percent or you know ninety five and above. You got to think of the difference between nineteen seventies motocross and realistic modern day motocross like yeah it's, just it's, on physical it's, exertion it's and stuff like that it's not the same thing at all it's different and uh and now that you guys have that's a completely other that's a completely other tangent you know yeah. but like oh, sure. so pierce was able to race that round derek derek was got a taste of what it was like being up front pierce both heart and pierce um sound like that they've uh, they're doing adjusting really well to supercross pierce is having a good time um, he's going to be looking absolutely super fly this weekend. Yeah, can, we, can you give any teasers? You know what? Um, tomorrow, 
I don't. When is this? This is, com- this is coming out tomorrow morning. morning so this is coming out tomorrow, tomorrow morning, morning. So okay, people won't okay, listen so to it until it's it's they, they'll see it. Check out. I guarantee that as soon as as pictures start getting put up, I'm just gonna say the cleanest creamsicle you've ever seen. I like that orange creamsicle. Ooh. Like that's just that's just the way the way I'll describe it, and that's the way I'll leave it. Fair I'll enough. let I'll let Pierce I'll let Pierce make it look good. Oh yeah, he'll like but, you guys always styling. Uh, like I like I said, I've literally I've t- go ahead. Additionally, um, we've got this guy Brian Moreau coming. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of him. I've heard some things. What have you heard? I've heard Still that uh, you've heard. <clears throat> I've I've heard that he's a little bit unproven. He does have a little bit of a, of European Supercross experience, uh, speed for days, and obviously uh, these young kids know how to just throttle. That's about the extent of my knowledge on Brian Moreau. Well, um, I would agree with all of your statements. Add uh, to it. To the, and and I'm not going to try and as you kindly said earlier blow smoke or anything like that but the european supercross stuff is going to help i I would like to in theory and assume that it'll help with his transition to um american supercross say like a cedric sobreus um Mm -hmm. you know i was a smoke show for a girlfriend by the way you know what? I don't know. But I just I just see videos of him, and he he reminds me of Cole, just pushing his hair over. Like, you know, he just looks like a California kid. Like, yes, I agree. I I, I personally haven't even met him yet. Um, I am hoping that uh, you know we can kind of kind of hit it off and just be like, all right, man, like let's do this. You know, let's let's have fun and and the the results obviously are not there on paper on what he has done in MX2 uh, over in the GPs and then as well as like in the Italian series but there's a lot of other stuff you know that, that can hopefully um, you know that maybe the maybe a lot of the support that he was getting because I, I always believe that you should have the right chassis underneath you like a lot of people always go for the bling of putting wheels and, and uh, you know, a pipe or change, you know, change the bars is one thing, but like, oh, we got to get a graphics kit or anything like that. I did all that stuff. And then I realized if you put a good base underneath you and you build off of that, you get used to the power that a pipe can bring. You, you, you know, you have your, your cockpit set up for what you like. But if you get your suspension right, you get a chassis set up that you like, and a team that can get behind you can change things. It can make somebody all of a sudden find something they didn't have, and that's what I'm hoping that we can find within uh, Moreau. Like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of people within KTM that uh, that are willing to give them a chance, and uh, then at one point you have to kind of go, okay, well, let's give it a chance, you know. And there's the great Bill Nye would say, you have to have a hypothesis. They have to have a hypothesis, and you have to <laughs> test that theory. And if the theory isn't right, then you go back to the drawing board. And that's the, the way it is, you know? Absolutely. That's exactly it. And on top of that, uh, the 
earlier this week the announcement that uh, uh, familiar territory, especially for uh, Brandon Hartraft, who's worked with in the past, uh, the one of the, the the best looking men in the pits, and he, he, you'll you'll know that because he tells you. Uh, is uh, Seth Rarick, and uh, he's uh, moving on down to Florida to uh, to work with uh, the Baker's Factory. Uh, obviously, he worked he's worked with uh, both the Cycle Trader guys, and as a sort of a supplemental uh, trainer with uh, Gareth Swanepoel in the past with Star Racing. Uh, now he is uh, the property of uh, the the Alden Baker program as well as KTM, uh, along with uh, one of the guys that I would argue probably has some of the best racecraft uh, in the sport of motocross uh, in in Mike Brown. So uh, I think that uh, some of these young guys, and like, I think the KTM's gotten younger this year probably more than than they ever have, uh, are in are in pretty good hands. Especially uh, I stress with um, with Hartraft, who um, I think you'd agree when you're working with people consistently. Uh, they understand what makes you tick. They may understand when to push, when not to push, when to give you a couple of days off, when to uh, ask for a little bit more. And I think that's going to be a great relationship between uh, Hartrap and Seth uh, as they move forward to make that step, like you mentioned. And side note that uh, um, Brandon Hartrap looks identical to um, Ivan Drago of uh, the the Rocky friend fame, and I ta- I call him Drago. Uh, the kid is like 50 feet tall and bulletproof. He's lo- he looks like Mr. Serious all the time, but he's actually pretty funny. I like myself some Brandon Hartraft. Uh, Brandon, uh, I've hit it off pretty well with him so far, and uh, I, you know, I kind of, it's not a spiel, but it's it is a spiel. It's like, hey man, like my goal is to do this, you know, and I think that. At one uh, for straight rhythm this weekend, he's like, you know, try those pants on and this and that. The kid's got some big legs, and I was yeah. like, oh, hey, dude, like, I got you. Do you trust me? Like, and he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, then I got you. Don't worry about it. I'm not gonna let you go out on the track looking like shit. Additionally, feeling like shit. Like these are dumb, or you know, this or that, or whatever. And um, so heart wrap great dude so far um new jersey guy um we have been called i guess we've been calling him at the shop and at the test track uh uh mini gronkowski mini Gronk. uh, yes okay mini Gronk. i could see so, that as well but i but i do like the drago thing um i like if he had like the flat top it'd be over with but like he's kind of got the grunt cut and he's got that like big thing I haven't I haven't seen his dance moves yet but I'd like to see it you know when he lands on the podium for the first time you know maybe like like spike a Red Bull on the on the Monster Energy stage that would be great yes that would be fantastic Uh, a Gronk spike on the uh, on the the Monster logo with a Red Bull with with a Red Bull I mean I just like you gotta throw some stank on it Um, but um I don't, uh, I know that, uh, with Seth is, Seth's a great dude, best hair in the pits for sure. I don't want to say I am comfortable enough to admit, uh, when there's another good looking man, I'm comfortable with my sexuality to say that. Oh yeah. Uh, he's man rocket. No, like he's, you can get like, you can get like, like, uh, uh, residual kills, like just like hanging around with him. Like, cause his girls just line up and you just be like, Hey, what's up? Seth, but Seth, Seth isn't all just like the you know he he's a pretty dude. But um, as far as it goes, he's got he's a good dude on, on top of that. 
uh, and he's got a he, he's got a silver tongue charm the ladies as well. So he, he does, he's not lacking in the uh, that that department, I would say. Triple but um, you know, being being uh, being able to be around someone like Brownie as well, um, you know, mixing mixing a really good crew of people together. Um, I think that's when you're gonna. I think that's when you're gonna bring out the best in people. It's like, man, like Brownie and GL, like Brownie and Pastrana, Brownie and fucking you name it. You know, Brownie's done everything and he's still doing it. And I think, like, you know, like somebody who can go out on the same bike as that you're riding and potentially, you know, smoke you at one point, you know, it's like, okay. Well, I need, I know what I need. Like he's going to tell me what I need to work on, and I'm going to like if I want to succeed, I should listen. You know, Seth. At the same time, you know, nutritionist and being uh, being somebody that is just in shape and riding lap after lap and mile after mile with sheet metal. Like those guys are absolutely insane, and uh, like I, I'm more into just just chilling out and drinking beers. Uh, than going on the bike rides all the time. So, fair enough, fair enough, I, and 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 that uh, that is justified in uh, the fact that one is uh, significantly more enjoyable than the, than the other. Um, what uh, what what's on the horizon for Jesse James? Like the uh, other than probably uh, a migraine from having to talk to me for two hours straight. Um, like uh, like what's what do you expect from yourself? What would you like to accomplish? And what would you like to see uh, unfold in, uh, as we quickly approach uh, 2020, my friend? Um, I, uh, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, I like to just try and the uh, best thing that I can do is just kind of keep being myself and uh, see where that can lead me. Um, I would like to not stay in just doing gear stuff forever you know like I don't I, I feel like I can offer more I feel like um, I feel like uh, nostalgia is something that's not uh, not been coined on and, I, and I'm legitimately stealing that from Gary V okay inspiration is that, dude is that on, one of your uh, I, your mentors I wouldn't say a mentor, but someone that like, you know, you kind of listen to it and yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it's bullshit. I mean, and I think that he would agree, like you pick yeah. out what you okay. need to hear. Definitely. And, I agree. Um, totally agree. I think, I think that people like Jeremy Malott of Red Bull has really tapped into a nostalgia thing within Red Bull Stray Rhythm. Yes. Um, you... <clears throat> Everybody who ever started riding motorcycles, you remember, like you and I, maybe not all the kids today and the up-and-coming fast kids of Dax and Bennick and, you know, Hayden Deegan and uh, Cade Braswell and those guys, they they know two strokes because they rode them and everything like that, and they still are pretty familiar with them, but, like, we're not used to always being around four strokes it was all two strokes and now it's like it's always just the little guys and one fast ripper guy on a on a two stroke nowadays but I think that uh, Malat has a, uh, really tapped into a nostalgia thing whereas to completely 
absolutely rip off Gary V and say that like comic books are were lame. Marvel was on the brink of being, you know, totally bankrupt, and then they made movies out of out of comic books, and all of a sudden it became cool again, and everything like of Iron Man and Spider Man and Thor and even DC getting a, got in on the mix, which I was I'm total comic book. I was a comic book nerd when I was a little kid, and a lot of it for the art of and and storytelling of it. But um, it's just like uh, I don't know. I think nostalgia is something that something you know where working with Troy, who is obviously someone who who is a massive nostalgia person as well, which we're doing something to kind of throw back a little bit to that nostalgia uh, with this weekend. Um, it's straight rhythm it's just like that's something that you know people it's timeless and it, it'll invoke something of a happiness in you that you didn't remember or something like that and maybe like a guy who hasn't rode a motorcycle in a long time they see this and they're like man I remember that I remember that feeling you know and, and you go out and you get it but like I'd like to bring the the joy and the passion that I have to continue with my career of being involved in motorcycles some way, whether if I move on to work for, you know, a, a factory at one point, um, you know, or even just even in the offices down the street. I mean, I live in Buena Park. Like I remember driving by Yamaha as a little kid, you know, like, Oh man, like, that's, that's where Jeremy McGrath rides. Like, Oh, it's so cool. Like, I don't know if I, like, all of a sudden I got a key card to go there. It's like, and I feel like that would be kind of like the next step. I don't know if I want to travel to the races and stuff all the time, um, forever. Uh, an absolute massive, massive shout out to guys who like Bevo and, um, Knowles and, oh, yeah. uh, Cuso and like so many guys who've just done this for just so long and, 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 and are able to have families and everything through it and it's it's pretty amazing to me uh but i don't know if it's something i'll, I'll want to do for a long 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 time or if it's you know if it's something that's just like okay this is a phase in my life and it's something i got to do and it was really fun while i did it you know best job i ever had kind of thing like i, I don't know um but i just like like i said i just want to keep being myself keep uh keep doing what I've been doing because it's been doing something a-okay for me and uh, just continue to have uh, have a good time doing it. There you go, man. Well, keep the uh, the good times happening. Keep uh, bringing the noise when you uh, show up over at TLD, whether it's uh, at the at the shop or uh, at the races. And looking forward to seeing you at, at a race soon. Won't see you at, uh, at Monster Cup, but we'll link up again at, at some point. Actually, I'm uh, fingers crossed I'll be able to make it down for uh, World Vets. So uh, may, maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I'll even see you uh, at some point around then. But uh, this has been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate you coming on to, to, to chit chat. I'd actually I'd love to have you on again just to sort of like bench race get into like just the moto nerdisms and stuff like that because I feel like we both kind of have a memory for that stupid stuff and just have people with their jaws on the floor being like you guys have no life um, but uh, yeah like this this has been an awesome conversation I, I think uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did man uh, I, I had a great time um, I know that after you know I think it's five now Yinglings 
maybe I rambled. Um, no, it's good. I just hope that uh, somebody got some type of entertainment from it. Um, happy to be part of episode number seven one four because it's right there in my backyard, um, and uh, I, I thought that was right off the bat when you said that. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, but thank you for having me on. Uh, it's the first time, like I said, that I've ever done this, and um, I had a great time. So uh, if you uh, if you want to make a if you want to make a surprise call, dude, you you know the guy. I'll uh, I'll pick I'll pick up and we can shoot the shit. I love it, my friend. Well, I really appreciate the time. Do not do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. <laughs>